0: This is Workflow, episode 20. Workflow is the podcast that helps teams figure out the best way to work, collaborate, and get stuff done. Brought to you by Rindle. Hey everyone, I'm Brian, and I am one of the co-founders of Rindle, and this is our podcast Workflow. Today we're talking about all things documentation, the good, the bad, and yes, the ugly, and this is part two. All right, guys, just wanted to hop in here and do a quick intro I'm Flying Solo today without Tom, um, but wanted to let everybody know if you're looking for part one of this, it's episode 19, and this is episode 20, part two. Uh, we had a long recording session, had a lot to say about documentation, so it ended up being uh, quite long, and we felt it would be better to divvy it up into two episodes. So, without further ado, here's part two. Awesome. So, from there, once we kind of have all of those, like you said, we said a lot of buts, but <laughs> we have all those things worked out where we've kind of included the team, we've gotten some of those artifacts together, we feel like this is in a good spot as far as a plan of attack, then we we generally... Create that all those business requirements. We basically turn those into tasks on a roadmap. So we typically have something already on our roadmap because you know we are developing and planning features all the time. So we have um, a roadmap where we have kind of a, a list of priorities there. So there's usually a task already there for the, the feature, uh, and then we'll go and add those business requirements as subtasks in that uh, task. So we basically documented in Rindle now. You know our project management software that, hey, this is what we've agreed on. Uh, we also attach the Google Doc to that task, to that, to that feature task. So now we have a place that lives in a collaborative environment where the features on the roadmap, uh, the plan is there in place. We actually have to have tasks in place of what needs to be done from a business requirement level. And then we have the document there for everybody
1: to reference if we need to go back to it. So everything's organized, nice and neat in one place. Yep. And, and now at this point, any further discussion about this? Um, And and any updates, they go in the task, not the the Google Doc. We typically then, uh, unless it's like a a change to like one of the actual, uh, one of the actual documented features, like we typically switch it directly over to, um, in our case, Rindle.
0: Yeah I mean if it's if something like you said if you sometimes those do, those requirements change right you say oh we don't need to do this anymore mm-hmm. you, you might want to update that to google document just so there's no confusion later right um but yeah usually when it comes down to the actionable tasks those are all managed in, in the task itself so we're not having double data entry or anything like that from that point on all the actionable things are managed uh in the task itself
1: yeah and and this actually uh sometimes does make it so the actual end product is not in sync with the original Google Doc. But, you know, honestly, that's okay because the Google Doc is not meant to be like formal documentation. It's meant to be, uh, let's get everyone on the same page and here are um, basically what we're gonna do. But again, things change as you get going, which is why really big 70-page uh, formal specs like just don't work because they're not going to match up to what the end product is. Though. And
0: any, As we already mentioned, any documentation gets stale after a period yep. of time, right? But the fact that you spent a limited amount of time on it, uh, you didn't waste a lot of time on it, right? You did it quickly. So it's okay to let it go stale. It's supposed to go stale. Yeah. It's going to go stale no matter what you try to do. Um, you know, So like, that's the real deciding factor is, hey, did you spend four weeks on the documentation or did you spend four days? right? Sure. And, and now it's kind of like, okay, well, yeah, that's going to kind of die out and become stale. And we've already moved into a living, breathing project at this point. So it's, it's served its purpose and, and we're moving on.
1: So, I mean, it's pretty relevant. Like we, we literally just the other day um, went through this process uh, for mapping out board templates. And, and how, how long did the entire thing take? I mean, I think we probably brainstormed from start to finish an hour yeah probably about an hour um and maybe then another quick meeting before we hand it, we were able to hand it off to um other team members right uh just to to review some some extra things that were added probably after that initial meeting um yeah, yeah. so we're
0: probably in probably a couple hours at this point maybe 2 3 hours of actual time on the yep. planning yeah uh, and again this is something that you know, we're starting to consider like working on it at this point, right? Where once we are all in agreement, we will start some work towards it. But it, right now it's not being work. you know, it's not being developed at this point. You know, we're still finishing up some other things that are happening right now. So it's, it's a great time to get ahead of it. We plan, we get other people involved, we collaborate at this high level, and then, then we move on. So it's, it is a perfect scenario. Cause it's
1: exactly what we're doing right now. Awesome. So that uh, that pretty much does it for our process, um, but what about document documenting for client projects? You mean documentation for client projects? Yeah, how about that? <laughs> we'll go with that. Document. How about documentation for client projects, Brian? Yeah, I
0: think this is the other side of the coin, which, you know, like our scenario, obviously we're a software company, we're building software and features. Um, we don't have a lot of external stakeholders outside of our customers. Um, but most of those stakeholders are internal. Um, If you're in, like we used to work in an agency or anything that has kind of client-facing stakeholders or anything like that, um, you know, you're typically, if you had to do what I used to have to do and create functional specifications, you know, they are presented to the client. So, you know, they're normally part of like some kind of client sign off, which I mentioned, it's almost like a contract, right? So there's a proposal usually, and they talk about pricing. And then there's this whole specification that gets put together saying, this is actually what we're going to build now. Make sure you sign up off on it because it's also going to be used to control the scope of the project. Right. And, and expectations should all be set here and we should all be on the same page at the moment this is signed off on. Um, So I think, you know, These kind of documents. This is a 70-page document that I was referring to this whole time, and I've literally created that. Probably bigger ones, actually. I think I did over a hundred-page one one time, which is absolutely craziness. But these are so time-consuming. The amount of detail that we were doing in these, you know, in order to get it to a point where somebody actually signs off on it, like a client, and says, "Yes, that is exactly what I had in my mind." You have to get into detail at that point, right? Because if you're really trying to seal seal up all that into a nice package. You had to get a lot of detail and we were trying to and tom you you and i worked on some of these together it's like we're trying to predict the future at this point we're trying to predict this is the best way to go about this and we're going to explain it to you exactly how it's going to look through wireframes and other design concepts and and this is what we're going to produce for you basically yep. without anybody doing any work at this point right as far as software development right which were what we were doing
1: so and just to set the stage here uh, this is basically all based around a discussion that you've had with the client where they kind of explained their their wants and their needs right for this whatever you're creating the app that you're creating for them yeah. and 90 percent of the time it's completely unique to that client so it's not like you can even just base this off anything it's it's not it's it's not equivalent to like uh architecture right where or or like engineering where okay we're gonna map out every every app like blueprints of everything right because because we're building a bridge right like you we're 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 building an app but this app is completely different than that app right like it's not not the same well and and, you know we even tried at one point
0: in the agency we were at you you know where it, it was attempted to kind of Templateize functional specifications, which you can to some point, like some information will definitely be standard in there um, for whatever reasons, uh, especially for different types of projects. But we were building at the time, very custom projects, like you're saying, right? So it wasn't like where we could just kind of spend a day on it and whip up a functional spec, right? It was actually very, very custom. And we had discovery meetings with the customer, right? Where we spent hours talking about, well, what is the vision here? What are you trying to accomplish? What are the goals? What are the pain points? Mm-hmm. Um, so we can try to basically be a software dev team for this customer yep. um so you know and and basically what we're if you're trying to create that kind of document what you're basically trying to say is that you know you already have all the answers to all the problems that are going to happen in the future right uh present day and you have all the solutions to all the problems you are going to run to unexpected things all these things right that's what you're basically saying is By saying, "Hey, I can create a hundred-page document for you right now, and we're going to sign a dotted line and go to work," Um, which is just not reality. Which is why it's so—it's not the best idea to go down that route if you don't have to. Um, You know, I've been through this; it's—it's painful, tons of hours, and
1: you know, it's failed us more than half the time. So, why has it failed? So, the document gets outdated. We—we've been over that uh, before. Basically, the underlying problem is that this is also trying to serve as a contract right like this is th- this is exactly what we're going to deliver so we don't get um screwed on the amount that their the client is paying us to do this right so instead of actually solving that problem we're trying to put all this work in ahead of time that most times the client isn't even paying for right like the sometimes clients pay for discovery but Nine times out of 10, they, they, they don't. So you're putting all this effort in, like trying to basically create the app before you go and create the app that you don't even know if the client's going to pay for.
0: Yeah. And it really, really stifens the like creative process for something like this, like where as a team actually implementing it, you might be like that this wasn't the best idea. We should probably have thought about doing it this way, but now you're held to this contract, this functional spec- specification document where you've actually laid out wireframes and maybe even sometimes design concepts. Um, you know, so you you now create all these other problems that mm-hmm. are caused by this contract because you have no leeway. Uh, and if you do, now you have to get into change orders and complicated discussions about why we're not going to do what they originally thought we are, uh, we were going to do, and you know why we're going to do something different. Or um, and more often than not, you end up just doing it and not getting paid for it. Right. Yeah. And that, that could be the case as well, which we've discussed on previous episodes as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, so in the end, if if I were to do this all over again, um, and even in the the, the position I had right before starting Rindle with you, you know, I was doing pretty intense functional specifications. Like now kind of hindsight, looking at that, I would focus on solid, but simple business requirements um, and solid acceptance criteria. So not only the business requirements, but because you have a client facing stakeholder in this scenario, acceptance criteria, and this comes again from the agile world. So, you know, yes, what is the business requirement? But when we do, when we implement that business requirement, we solve that problem or solution, you know, what is it going to be? What what are the things that have to be there to be accepted by the, the client? right and this goes into even previous discussions we've had about like now this gets in a little more detail like so if you're creating you know again like that job submission form it's very simple to say yes a, a user can go to the page fill out the form submit it and a pdf of their resume comes to you in an email right that is great acceptance at criteria because now you have a solid use case you have the acceptance criteria and no, no matter how you go about making that happen doesn't matter to the customer because the customer in the end is going to get exactly what they expected, right? So you can choose to do a different type of form. You can choose to send the email a different way, to package the PDF a different way, whatever you want to do
1: creatively, right? Or well, functionally, yeah. it put, um, it puts all the creative uh, back in your court as opposed to yeah. the creative is eliminated if you have this seventy-page document uh, explaining how exactly how every single feature is going to work, what color you know the the button up in the right. corner is going to be.
0: Yeah. And, and that's a great way to put it, puts it back in your corner. And I think that's, you know, a mistake of the past. And I think a lot of people are moving away from that these days, but, you know, taking control back of that process of, of that's why they're hiring you, right? Cause you're experts in this area. Let's leave that to us. Right. And mm-hmm. and we will figure that out. Um, you know, so if you can create that that accurate set of requirements with the acceptance criteria, that could be a very simple document. You can still make it look pretty, You know, but now you're not talking about a 70 or 100 page document, you're talking about maybe a two page document, right, that everybody can get on board with. And you can even pitch it to your client saying, hey, you know, we just saved you a bunch of money because we didn't spend four weeks planning this out. Uh, We kept it very lean and we're going to go ahead and deliver this this criteria to you. And we're going to do it in the best way, fashion that's suitable for for the creative team or the development team or whoever's doing it. so, you know, I think that if I, that's hindsight, it's always 2020. but that's how I would approach it today if I went back to that world and how, kind of had to put this together with client-facing
1: uh, assets. I think the only other thing that I would do if I, if, well, not only if I were to do it all over again, but if I like owned an agency is I would really have a very narrow set of uh, like offerings. Uh, like we only do iOS development or we only do web development, but this type of web development, right? Like very specific because as soon as you get into these unknown areas, right? Like as soon as you say yes to um, something that you don't really know a lot about, like that's when you start to run into a lot of lot of issues with like not being able to properly uh, scope things out.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that would keep any kind of process like that you know, easier because you can almost start to templatize it a little bit, right? Where you're dealing with a lot of the similar problems sure. right? over and over again. So, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, yeah. I think definitely, you know, at the time we were doing things, we were really doing custom stuff. So we were solving various problems for various reasons for various people. <laughs> so, you know, yep. there was no real focus. Um, so it was very hard to kind of, you know, hone in on a simple set of stuff that you can kind of use over and over again. Yep, absolutely. Um, But, you know, we take this with a grain of salt, too, because obviously, you know, we realize that this may not be possible, uh, and sometimes you just have to bite the bullet and you have to create the 70-page document like I had to do, Um, you know, but this may be something that you can keep in the back of your mind and, hey, maybe we can work towards this. Maybe you can make some movements towards it uh, as opposed to changing the whole process, Um, but... I think when it comes down to it, thinking about how much time is saved on upfront
1: work that is stale and all those things, the benefit is pretty huge. So so last real uh, question that we have, we have to ask here is what if it's a rush and you have absolutely no time to document?
0: Yeah, I think, well, especially in the agency world we came from, this happens all the time, even in our world today. Sometimes we have to do things really quickly, right? And, and we don't have time to spend and we don't have that freedom to be like, hey, let's spend a week. You know brainstorming this for whatever reason um i think keeping the documentation simple as we discussed, will organically help this problem right because you're not being like wow you want a rush project in you know a month and you expect me to create a functional spec and i've been in those scenarios where i'm literally trying to cram a functional spec into like two days and i'm working endless hours and burnout and all these things come into play um you know so i think you could probably do it in a few hours for a rush project as opposed to taking weeks and weeks um if you keep the documentation simple as we're talking about today
1: awesome um i think that uh you can also or you basically have to rely more on status meetings um and and keeping the client as up to date with the progress as possible yeah and that could
0: be like meeting every day with the team every week with the team depending on how long that rush project is you know, defining the work kind of as you go, you know, in your standups or whatever meeting cadence you have. Um, You know, it's not going to be something that's going to be all thought up up front with with user stories and all the things we're talking about. You kind of have to go on demand, Um, maybe work that out with the stakeholders as you're going. Um, And then, like you said, meeting with the client, keeping them up to date, you know, that could be every two weeks, you know, if it's a couple month project or a month project or whatever it might be, you know, and, and being right with the client and showing work in process because you don't have any other documentation, right? So to get that work in process in front of them as quickly as possible, that's going to drive what work you're going to communicate to the team in your standups, right? And how things are shifting and changing and moving. Um, so sometimes actually I found that the rush jobs when we didn't have time to actually do the documentation in our world before, when we were doing all this crazy documentation was actually fun because we were doing it more agile and iterative, right? Which is kind of what we wanted to move to at the time. So it kind of forced us, forced our hand a little bit to be like, well, we, we can't actually do what we normally do here. Um, so let's just, let's just go at it
1: and, and figure it out.
0: <laughs> you know, kind yeah. Of thing.
1: So. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, honestly, if it's truly a rush job and you have like some hard deadline that uh you know there, there's a some event coming up and this this website or this app has to be launched by that event right like the expectations should be uh set that hey the client might not have as much say in the uh you know the nitty gritty of this we're 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 shooting for the deadline so yeah we're we're going to make something awesome we're going to make something pretty but um like you need to set those expectations early that that all of their dreams aren't necessarily going to be met and you're going to try to do the best job you possibly can uh, in the tight time frame.
0: Yeah. And it may not even be the normal process, right? So like, especially if they're an existing customer and you're, they're kind of used to how you do things. um, Hey, this is a rush. This isn't going to be the normal process. You're not going to get the same treatment or uh, artifacts and all the other stuff that we normally do. Um, This is how it's going to run. Right. So not only the end result, which we, Tom, as we know how to do many times where it's like, Hey, you know, yeah, this is your pipe dream, but in reality we can give you this. Um, and that's just what we can do in four weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, but also you're not going to have a requirements meetings. You're not going to have functional spec documents or crazy wireframes and all design concepts. We're just going to kind of give you what we need to give you to get it done. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so again, showing the client, as we go and iterating made a lot of sense because we can get the design concept, we'd only probably show one in that case, in front of them in a couple of days, right? So we can get their feedback, get any changes that need to happen to, you know, minimal changes and and get it going as opposed to what we'd normally spend a week or two weeks designing concepts out, right? And presenting them with three or four concepts. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it's just, you know, setting those expectations in a rush scenario will make your life easier regardless.
1: They sure will. Awesome. So let's get into some tips for taking action. Yeah, I think the tips, you know, are throughout the whole entire episode. We've kind
0: of been going over them. But I think the main message here is like simplify your documentation, weed out hours of work that don't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether that be, you know, hours of needless detail or design, making things pretty, whatever it is, like think less formally uh, and a little more scrappy. And of course, when you need to make things look pretty, make them look pretty. Um, but think a little more lean Um, and uh, you know if you can't do it right away you know make all these changes that we're talking about because sometimes you get excited and be like yeah let's let's do this and it's kind of hard to make change so you know can you work towards it right can you make small steps towards it can you take one part of your process and and make it a little more scrappy a little more lean um, and not make it so formal so you can give a try a try with that
1: yeah um and, and finally, I think the, the last uh, tip is to keep the artifacts really simple, right? Like, uh, y- you don't want to spend all this time basically creating the entire deliverable in in some sort of mock-up wireframe program, right? Like, with all the bells and whistles of what the actual final product is going to do. Like, that could take a, a tremendous amount of time, and it's not worth it. Keep it nice and simple, you know, hand-drawn, like... Things not necessarily hand-drawn, but like simple sketches in in some sort of design program, you know, uh, Excel document with like uh, this is the you know the the logic the flow of logic, right? If you will, if it's some complicated logic, uh, simple, quick, and easy.
0: Yeah, I, I like to use the example of like when I think about it, I think about well, what do writers do when they like write an ebook or write a blog post, right? Usually it starts with an outline, and an outline is like the simplest form of brainstorming, right? Like just get your ideas out, get them organized, and if you can think about your, your, you know, your documentation as, as simple as that, I think that's a great place to start because you know, the, what you're creating should happen in the creation part. Not the documentation part, right? You should be able to get simple things out on on paper, but you know it's not like the writers creating an outline and writing paragraphs in the outline, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just short ideas to get the drift part, and that the creative process and the fleshing out of that will happen later. Yeah. Um, so I, I, if you think about it that way, like I like to think about that when we're doing ours, because you know we're going to keep them simple. We're going to keep them simple bullets. We're not going to get into complicated discussions and writing tons of stuff out that nobody's going to read, right? Short yep. bullets, short user stories uh, that that mean that are meaningful and useful, um, and and not a whole bunch of. That's the other thing. The point we never really talked about, but it, it's just the fact that when you create big things or long pieces of text and all this stuff, people don't read it. <laughs> yeah you know like you can have tons of details in this masterful paragraph that's half a page long yeah. and somebody then says well i didn't know that we were doing blah blah blah." oh yeah it's right in this paragraph like like that person ever read it right or they could even find what they're looking for so like an outline is a great way to approach it
1: yeah i mean i do that every single week when we record this podcast yeah exactly yes yes you do tom <laughs> all right um, awesome. and, and the other point is just like keep them
0: organized. This is like something very simple, but you know, you go to the effort of creating these artifacts, right. Even though you're hopefully doing it in a simple way, but make sure that everybody can get to them and they don't have to go searching for them. Or there's this one piece kind of floating out. This frustrates me the most when somebody doesn't attach a Google doc or something to the task. Right. And now I have two, ta- two documents there that I needed, but the third one I had to go find. Right. So mm-hmm. everything should be nicely packaged. So the team or whoever's working on it has everything they need, as they work and go and and there's no confusion
1: yeah absolutely i I mean just because you're not doing super formal stuff uh doesn't mean you should uh slack off on keeping keeping stuff organized i think uh, that's that's really key well i think that about wraps us up for the day if you have a question for us you
0: can call it into our voicemail number at 860-577-2293 or you can email it to us at workflow at rindle.com our theme music is an excerpt from thunder rock by magic studio Used under Creative Commons. Subscribe to us on iTunes by searching for workflow and visit Rindle.com workflow podcast for a full transcript of each episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.